Welcome to the program today. This is Real Truth for Today, and I'm your host, Jeff Shreve, Pastor Jeff Shreve, pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. Well, we want to talk today about Mission Possible. It's the new book from best-selling author Tim Tebow, and we have the one and only Tim Tebow on the line with us today. So, Tim, welcome to the program. Uh, Pastor Shreve, I really appreciate it. Thank you for, for having me. I know you've hosted my mom a couple of times, and she said nothing but great things. So looking forward to it and grateful to be able to hang out with you for a little bit. Well, thank you so much. Now, we've never met, but I know a lot about you, and I know we have two things in common. And one is you and I both love the Lord Jesus Christ, and two, you and I both love Bob and Pam Tebow. So tell us, tell us what it was like growing up the youngest of five kids in the Tebow household. Well, I, um, there's so much that I could share. I'd say number one is that we had uh, amazing examples. Um, there's so much that they um, tried to teach us and tried to tell us, but I don't feel like any of that was um, as, as important as what they showed us. Um, being able to, to grow up... Um, being able to watch mom and dad not just tell us about loving people or God's love or helping people, but being able to see it, see them, you know, see my dad give pretty much his entire adult life to helping people that could never do anything for him. And um, seeing my mom just um, have such a heart to homeschool five kids, but then help so many other people in need at the same time. And, um, you know, it's just, it, that was, I think the biggest impact that, um, you know, one of the biggest impacts that God used to impact my life was the example that they had. You know, there's um, a lot of times they told us or they, um, you know, they, they coached us or they corrected us. But, man, none of it was as impactful as being able to watch Dad go into villages and share the gospel, to be able to watch him serve people, to be able to see the way that they um, constantly love people, to see the faithfulness with, you know, um, in so many different areas and places and I think that was just something that um, when you, you're you able to, to watch it um, firsthand, especially as a baby of five, you know, um, it just you, it can't help but have an impact on your life. And that's something I'm just forever grateful for. Well, my daughter Amy got to go on a mission trip to the Philippines with your dad probably about 10 years ago. And uh, he had such a profound impact on her life. And that's really the what got Debbie, my wife Debbie and I, uh, to hooked up with your mom and dad and get to know them and had breakfast with them one day in, in uh, Jacksonville when we were there for a marriage conference. And just, uh, it's like we knew them our whole lives. They're just that, those kinds of people that, that you just feel close to them right off the bat. And so, uh, what, what a great opportunity, uh, to, to, for God to place you in their home and, uh, to see firsthand, uh, what it means to walk with Jesus, because theirs is a real walk with the Lord. It's not, it's not put on, it's not something on Sunday. It's, it's real. And, uh, so tell me when you came to Christ, how old were you? Um, I, I was pretty young. I was just a boy and I, um, I have, it's funny because my parents, um, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're the family that we're at church Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night, hit a couple <laughs> Bible studies in between, you know, all of yeah. them. And my parents would, uh, you know, the invitation would come uh, and my parents would say, hey, do you, 
Timmy, would you like to, you know, walk forward and accept Jesus? Or we'd be having a conversation and I'd be sitting on my dad's lap and he'd say, would you want to accept Jesus over and over again? And so many times I can remember saying, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I don't, I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> and um, until one night I was lying in my bed and I knew that I wasn't good. And um, I couldn't sleep. And I got up the, that morning. And I ran to go see my mom. And I said, Mom, I got to ask Jesus into my heart now. And she said, okay, let me, let me go get your, your father. And I said, no, Mom, we don't have time. And, <laughs> and, so, and so my my mom, she knew the urgency on my heart. And, um, and, and she said, okay. And we got down right there in our blue couch on the west side of Jacksonville, Florida. And I asked Jesus into my heart. And, um, and he came in. And at that moment, I know I went from darkness to light. I was adopted into the family of God. My eternity is sealed and I have a home in heaven. And, um, you know, then my dad came in and, uh, you know, to be honest, I think he was a little bit disappointed that he wasn't there to, to do it yeah. with me, but, uh, um, but it, it was such a special day. And, and as a celebration, my parents took us, we all, all got to go to Epcot uh, with some of the other homeschool families that day <laughs> as a, as a celebration. And, um, and, and then it was also very special that my dad got to baptize me. And uh, that's something I'll also um, remember forever. Very special. Well, I, I saw in an interview uh, with your mom and dad where your dad had prayed that God would give him a preacher. And then your mom got pregnant with you. And uh, so y you are uh, more than what he prayed for as far as the way the Lord has used your life to impact uh, the world for Christ. So... Um, Tell us about that, uh, your dad's prayer for you and, and how you guys have seen that unfold. Well, it, it actually started um, when my dad was preaching um, out in a, a village in the middle of the Philippines by himself. And well, he was getting ready to go to preach and he was out there and uh, he just got started to put on his heart all the babies that were being aborted all over the world. And he started to weep. Um, for all of them and for all the families and God just put out his heart to have a, another baby and he put the name Timothy on his head and, and in his heart um, and um, so he finished preaching and he goes home and he tells my mom um, I really feel like God put it on my heart to have a, another baby and um, that we need a name of Timothy and you know, my mom's like, well, God didn't put it on my heart. We already have four kids, you know? <laughs> and and uh, so they started praying about it, and mom um, uh, really felt it put on her heart the next um, over the next couple of nights. And then they told all four of the kids, and they all started praying for me by name. And then um, not too long later, um, my um, mom got pregnant. But actually, first, they didn't even think it was a baby. They first thought it was a tumor. So actually, my first nickname was Timmy the Tumor. So I had that going for me. And with four older siblings, try getting rid of that nickname. That's yeah, not really. an easy one. But um, but they found out I wasn't a tumor. And um, But then they had all sorts of problems with the pregnancy. Um, there was a um, amoeba dysentery. There was um, so many other things that my mom had to go through. And the doctor told her over and over again, um, you, you need to have an abortion or it's going to cost you your life and it definitely cost you your baby's life and you need to have an abortion. And, um, and she, my mom just, um, trusted God. Um, and, um, 
over and over again when, when she was told. And, and uh, when she was giving birth to me, the doctor who had been an expert at this had been doing it for over 35 years. That's what he did. He, uh, you know, he looked at my mom and said, you know, ma'am, I've been doing this for over 35 years and this is the greatest miracle I've ever seen. I'm not sure how your baby survived because the, the placenta hasn't been attached properly and there's all these other things, but I don't know how he, how he got nutrients. Um, he said, "Ma'am, your 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 baby is an absolute miracle baby," and um, and I was malnourished, um, Pastor Shree, but I did make up for it quickly. So um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say uh, so. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm so grateful that um, that I had the chance because my mom um, my mom trusted God uh, with her life and with mine, and, and I'm so grateful I get the chance um, to be here because of. Uh, my mom's, um, you know, faithfulness and and her love for me and her um, her trust in God in a really hard situation, and um, and so um, yes, I had to overcome the the nickname Timmy the Tumor, but uh, I'm so grateful that I had the chance to do so. Okay, so Tim, I have uh, I have two older brothers. You have two older brothers, and your oldest brother is is big. He's a big dude. So yes. I'm assuming as a kid growing up, you were you were losing all the wrestling matches in the living room. Unfortunately, I lost a lot of them because not only my two brothers, um, three and six years older than me, but our siblings are also my, my, um, um, my um, sister siblings are also nine and 12 years older than me. So all four of them are well older than me. And it's not like we had a lot of sympathy in the Tebow household. There was a, <laughs> a lot of compassion for hurting people. But not sympathy for siblings, all right? We just need to, you need to know that. And uh, and so, unfortunately, I took too many L's as a young kid in, in a lot of games. And, and if you think my dad, because he's given his whole life to helping people that really can't do anything for themselves, do you think that he's going to take it easy on us? No chance. My yeah. dad would, he's the most brutal one-on-one basketball player you've ever played against. You know, he'll, and he there, and so our whole family is so competitive. So yes, I unfortunately I took too many L's, but I think it was one of the biggest blessings for me and being an athlete that I had the chance to compete really hard against my siblings and, and parents um, because it just made me one. It made me know the rules, know the sports, and, and everything. That when I showed up as a five-year-old ready to play t-ball, and kids were like wondering about the rules. I thought it was the World Series. Like, I, it was everything to me, you know? And when they were running around in the outfield looking for four-leaf clovers, like, or <laughs> worried about what color snow cone they wanted after the game, like, I was about to pull my hair out, you know? Because, right. Uh, I, I got to compete against siblings that were so intense and competitive but older than me. And so you, when you compete against people that are so much older, when you eventually play kids that are your age, it's all of a sudden becomes a whole lot easier. And I, I really do believe that was a huge blessing in sports as well. Well, now with, with football, I was thinking about this today. So you, you won a state championship in high school. You won a Heisman Trophy your sophomore year in college. You won two national championships in college. You're a first-round draft pick. You won the, uh, the, the game Denver versus Pittsburgh. Uh, there must have been half the world watching that game. It was an awesome game. So you've had success on so many athletic levels. Uh, what was your 
favorite memory? Uh, I, I've talked to guys that say, you know, I really liked high school more than college or college more than pro. What about for you? Uh, that's a really good question. I, I mean, when it just has to, to do with, with, with the, the game, it's really hard. I mean, yeah, the winning the state championship in high school was special. And it's because I, you know, I had the chance to go to a, a high school that um, hadn't really had a lot of success. And to be able to win there was the first ever state championship. That was special. But then to be able to win the national championships in college was really special because, you know, we we were born Gators and we are diehard Gators and we'll always be Gators in our family. And, you know, to be able, and I never got to meet uh, my grandma, on my mom's side, my grandfather on my mom's side, um, but his dream before he died was to see Florida win an SEC championship. And he never got to see that happen. Um, and, um, and he unfortunately passed away from um, illnesses from the war and, um, you know, just, but it was a colonel in the army and, um, was, you know, someone that would have loved to have been to see that. And I just remember my grandma saying how proud she was, he would have been. And, and it's just, there's some really special moments like that. And, um, and yeah, but then I think what's also really special is different God moments, how he used a game different times, how he used, you know, Bible verses, how he used John 16, how he used so many things to transcend it into, be more important than just whatever happens between those white lines and whatever happens in that 60 minutes, but you know, what happens for eternity. And I think, you know, that's what, what it means the most to me. Now was football your love or I had read somewhere where baseball was really something you, you had a, a great passion about. Well, if you were to ask me um, when I was young, uh, what my favorite sport was, it would have been whatever sport I was playing in the moment. It would have been baseball, basketball, or football. And uh, and I would always go back and forth. But then uh, I did really um, just fall in love with baseball and football. They were just two sports. that, I, And I love basketball, but there's something special to me about baseball and football. And, and honestly, most of my middle school and high school time, I thought I was probably going to go play baseball. Um, I really did. But then, I mean, let's just be honest. When you're in these stadiums with 100,000 people, and you know, it's just such a special feeling. It's so you know, exciting, and and you know, also looked a lot about going pro out of high school. But then, you know, my mom was very much pro getting an education, and so uh, Tim, that Tim, let me it a lot as well. Let me break in real quick. We got to take a break, but we're talking to Tim Tebow. We're going to talk about his new book, Mission Possible. Don't go away. Here's some great news. If you miss the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now. 
833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. March 12th was D-Trans Awareness Day. People who bought the lie that they could change their gender and be happy told the world they made a mistake. One girl said she was depressed, non-functioning, and suicidal, so she attempted a gender change but felt worse. Gender-confused people are searching for happiness. The way to be happy is by accepting who God made us to be and learning how much our Heavenly Father loves us. I'm Pastor John Miller. Visit me at churchontherock.org. Today's culture is opting for entertainment rather than biblical enlightenment. For those who resist that trend, Friends of Israel shows listeners why loving the Jewish people and supporting Israel is important to the Christian faith. Friends of Israel shares biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah and promotes solidarity with the Jewish people. This is Chris Katolka of the Friends of Israel Today radio program heard each weekend on this station, and here's what's happening in Israel. Friends of Israel, Saturday afternoon at 2, here on American Family Radio. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Welcome back to the program, Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're talking to the one and only Tim Tebow. Now, Tim, I, uh, I have been enjoying the book, Mission Possible, Go Create a Life That Counts. Uh, tell me, what does it mean to create a life that counts? Well, I, I think it's to focus on things that are going to last for eternity, to focus on things that we've been called to. You know, I think it starts by... Um, Loving the Lord your God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. And, and you know, I wanted to encourage people, first of all, um, when you know you have a mission, you know you have purpose. And then to know that it's possible means that you have encouragement. And I feel like we have a world right now that needs to know that they have purpose and they need encouragement in it right now. Um, and they need to know that their life can count. And and. And and people need this encouragement. I mean, I was blown away by by some of the different um, studies that come out have, have come out, and and just in 2020 alone, Pastor Shreve, um, there were between 10 and 24 years of age, there were over 6,600 suicides. Um, mm. a, a third of of all young people say that they're lonely most of the time or all the time. 60%, over 60% of young people say there's no one in the world that believes in them. I mean, 12% of our daily thoughts are spent in some form of comparison, you know, and, and why, you know, so much of this is happening, in my opinion, is because we're looking in all the wrong places for what we think is success, what we think is meaning, what we think is significance, what we think we have to have, and what we think we need. And 
you know, and, and I do think we need good friends and I do think we need community and I do think we need a good education. We know all those things, but more than anything, we need to know that we have purpose from the God of this universe. We need to know that, there, that it is possible for us to make our lives count and our lives get to count because what he did on the cross counted for us. And, and we need to know Ephesians 2.10, you know, for we are his masterpiece creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand for us to walk in. We need to know that in Christ Jesus, there are good works for us to do. And, and, and I encourage people that in the macro, um, we all have the, the same mission. So love the Lord your God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. But in the micro, we've all been called to unique and different things. You know, you've been called to be able to pastor a church and, and be able to share God's love over the radio. You know, I think a big calling for me is to, is to fight for people that can't fight for themselves you know, all, all around the world, whether they have special needs, whether they are being trafficked, whether they've been thrown away as orphans or whatever their need is, that's, you know, one of the main callings that I feel on my life. But I think every single person that's listening right now, God has called them to something. And they're not here by happenstance. They're not here by accident. They're not here um, by chance. They're here by divine design. And there is something that is a unique and, and great mission that God has given them them to accomplish and you know what's cool is actually in the origin of the word mission it means to send and every one of every person that is here they have a mission and they have been sent here for that plan for that purpose and uh, and i want to encourage people that we get the chance to go live it out you know and, and our mission is not about what so many so much of the world is going to tell us about success success um, money um, praise platform and promotion but I believe it's about meaning and significance and what God has called us to do. Mm. Well, the book is, it is inspirational. It is motivational and it's very practical. You know, it's not pie in the sky, Tim. I mean, it's like, okay, here's how you create a mission statement for your life. And here's how you employ it. I, I love that about it. And uh, let me tell you else, what else. I love the fact that uh, you're not Pollyanna about this. I mean, you talk about your own struggles with comparison and and uh, feeling that, you know, w when you're in Cowboy Stadium or their practice facility yeah. and all that, you know, it flooded your heart like what could have been. Uh, tell us how to get out of that, because we all deal with shattered dreams. And, and man, I'm just so filled with regret over that this didn't happen or that didn't happen. How do we combat that? Well, I feel like one of the main things that we talk about in this book is is learning how to choose convictions over emotions, because if emotions lead your life, there's going to be some good days. There's going to be some bad days. Listen, there's nothing wrong with with them, with um, uh, emotions. God gave us emotions. They can be a great thing, but they're also a fickle thing and sometimes can lead us in the wrong direction. And so if you let emotions lead your life, then congratulations, you're going to have a roller coaster life for the rest of your life. Some days are going to be good. Some days are going to be bad. Some days you're going to be happy. Some days you're going to be sad. Some days you're going to feel like it and some days you're not, you know, but I'm so grateful. We don't have to let, let our emotions lead our life. We get to let our, our convictions lead our life and we get to choose our convictions. And, and, and we encourage people to choose their convictions based on God's truth, based on biblical principles and based on, uh, on what he has done in your life and through your life and in your heart. And, and so we get to choose that, you know, if you're a, 
if you're an athlete, you don't get to just wake up some days and feel like, say, hey, I feel like working out today. Because if you do that, you're just going to be an average athlete, right? Because you, you missed the days that you didn't feel like it. You know, but in this mission that we've been getting called to, you know, we don't want to miss those days because we don't know how many days we have. So, you know, we want to wake up and we want to choose our convictions, choose what we've been called to, choose our mission, you know, and go after it. Because our mission's not about us. It's also about other people, all the people that we can encourage, that we can love, that we can share the good news of the gospel with, that we can help, um, that we can bring to safety, that we can bring encouragement, that we can bring all those things. So, the other thing I want to encourage people about in their mission is not just, it's not just about them. It's about other people, you know, and um, the world's going to tell you that success is all about you, but I'm going to tell you that significance is all about other people. And, and, and I want to encourage people to choose their convictions over their emotions, to choose significance over success, because in the long run, it's going to be more important of the things that you did for eternity, not just the things you did for the here and now. Amen. Hey, Tim, one of the things you talk about in the book, you talk about having a God con- God confidence and, and self-confidence is not good. God confidence is good. But from an outsider looking in, because when we watched you play football, play baseball, uh, you looked very confident. Uh, what's the difference between self-confidence and God confidence? Really good question. I don't know if I always, you know, was confident. I think as an athlete, it's important to be to be super confident, to believe in yourself. I think one of the biggest differences is um, between self-confidence and God-confidence is wherever God has placed you, know that he can do something with you there and say, you know, I don't know exactly how you're going to use me, God, but I'm willing. You know, I'm giving my time, my energy, my resources all to you, and I I just want to be used by you. You don't think God is looking for perfect people. I think he's looking for willing people because none of us are perfect. All of us have fallen short. Um, Gosh, I know I have, you know, so many times, and, and but but God, but that doesn't disqualify me, and it doesn't disqualify anybody that's listening. God can use anybody, anywhere, um, any place, um, and you can, He can use you right where you are if you're willing to give it to Him. And I think God confidence comes in, in saying, you know, God, um, I do believe that I'm here for a reason, that you put me here for a reason, that you are, that you can use me, and, and whatever you call me to. You know, um, I, I get to trust you in the middle of it. Not that I know exactly how you're going to work all things together for good, but man, I love you. And I know you're going to work somehow all together for good in, in your perfect plan. And, and, um, and so it's being able to trust him in the middle of those moments. It's being able to say, you know what, I, I'm going to trust you, God, not because I'm, I'm trusting my skill set, not because I'm trusting um, my ability, but because I, I'm trusting the God that I know that's love, that loves me because his character is trustworthy. His character is one that gave his best when he gave his son for us. And, and, and you know what? It, I mean, that, that is something that is trustworthy. And so, you know, being able to have God confidence is being able to trust God, even when you don't see the next step, even when you don't know the next step, but you trust that he's got you exactly where you are and he's, and he can use you. And I believe that he wants to. Amen. Man, that's just so encouraging. And uh, it, Tim, if you were to pinpoint your main spiritual gift, what would you say it is? Oh, um, <laughs> be, being fortunate to be around amazing people. I don't know. I, I, I think um, I, I think one of the biggest things on, on my heart is to to get to so many people around the world that um, that we've never gotten to. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, I feel like it's, 
Like it's our responsibility, like it's my responsibility to get there, to be able to love these um, so many people that have never heard the gospel, but also love so many of these boys and girls who have been thrown away, who have been viewed as cursed because they have special needs or because they were born different or they were born disabled or they've been thrown away. And, you know, we've been fortunate to, to now we're in 73 countries and, you know, but we have to get to so many more and so many more places, even in those countries to get to so many of these lives. And so, um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, for me, I, I just want to be someone that has big dreams and big visions because I know that we serve a big God. The scripture says one, two of my favorite verses, now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Uh, Tim, I thought about that those two verses when I was reading Mission Possible because it's kind of a, a paradox. It, it's, it's mission impossible in our flesh, but it's mission right. possible in the Lord. H- how do those things, two things fit together? Well, there are so many things that we look at in our own eyes and say, um, wow, that looks like it's going to be, um, overwhelming, but we have to, you know, what we have to be willing to do is, is what the, the, the boy in John six did is the lad and just say, you know what, in his eyes, there's no way that you can feed all these people. You know, there's no, what are you going to do with my lunch? My lunch isn't a lot. What are you going to do with this food? It's just a couple loaves and, you know, it's just, it's my lunchbox. You know, what are you going to do? But see, he, he was he was willing to give it, even though he still might have had some doubts of how are you going to do this. He still gave what he had to the disciples and to Jesus, and Jesus used it to to feed the five thousand. But really, the Bible just mentions men, and so we know there would have been women and, and children. So the guests would have been probably between ten and fifteen thousand people that Jesus would have fed. And you know why that story is so impactful to me is because Jesus is because this boy was willing to. Um, to give to Jesus and Jesus perform the miracle. And I think for us, we have to be willing to do the same thing because it's not about how much we give. It is that we give. And see, when we give and we put it into the hands of the miracle maker, that's where the miracle comes. You see, the miracle wouldn't have been different if the boy only had one loaf and one fish or a hundred fish and a hundred loaves. The, the miracle came because he gave what he had, all that he had, and he put it into the hands of the miracle maker, right? And we got to be willing to do that in our lives. It's like, hey, God, I don't feel like I have a lot. I don't feel like I'm equipped or I don't feel like I, I, I can put words together so I don't feel like I can speak or I don't feel like I'm, I'm adequate to do this or I don't know how to go on a mission trip or I don't know how to do this or I'm not the, the best at this. Well, we put that into the hands of the miracle maker and let him do whatever he wants and whether he feeds one or 1,000 people, you know, we put it into the hands of the miracle maker, but we're just faithful to give what we have to him. And, and you know, and, and we can watch whatever is, 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 is possible or impossible in our eyes. We get to put it in his hands and he gets to do what he wants because the, he's the miracle maker. And we're just the ones that we can be grateful to say, you know, for some reason, he wants us to be co-laborers with him. Well, the uh, old phrase, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. And if you want to see God do great <laughs> things in your life, you know, you, you got to be like the little kid. Give your lunch and, and, and trust him with it. Uh, Tim, you have a verse in the in the book that I love. Zechariah 4.10, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Uh, 
I think that is so important for people to know, hey, you might just have a little, but it's the widow's might and God can use it. How have you seen that play out in your own life? Oh my goodness. I can't, some of the most amazing stories are from, um, some of the, some of my biggest heroes are from the, some of the people that the world would say doesn't have a lot. Um, we were just in, um, in Africa for a month, um, this last month. And I could share you story after story after story of people that, that didn't necessarily have a lot in the world's eyes, but yet we're going in to, um, to, um, get one more girl out of a terrible situation or to rescue one more baby that had been thrown away. Um, or one mom who, whose husband, um, gave her just enough money to go poison their special needs child, but she did everything that she could and took all that money to, to take her son, um, to where we were at, um, because she thought, you know what, there's someone that could, could help her. And so she risked her life and, and spent every single dime she had just to get to where we were. Um, and, um, you know, and that's someone that ha- has very little, but man, her, her courage just to go, you know, love her son and, and, and take him to safety, um, you know, and over and over and over again, I can tell you story after story after story. Um, but I, I do want to encourage the, the listeners that man, just step out with that little bit of faith, that little bit of courage, and you have no idea what God can, um, do with it. You have no idea what God wants to do with it, but I would just encourage you, you know, you might not know the end, uh, what's going to happen, you know, in, in 10, 20 years from now, you don't know what the end journey is going to be or the end destination, but man, when, when God opens your eyes and he pricks your heart, you know, wherever that is, if that's for the guy on the side of the road, if that's for an orphanage, if that's for your church, if that's for whatever it is, just step out and, and start with something. Start by being able to just do something. You know, I, I think, um, you know, I've seen um, God use so many people when they've just stepped out and they, they stepped into something just a little bit. They didn't know the end destination, but he was able to use that in their life. And, you know, God can do anything um, that he wants because he's God and we're not. But very few times have I heard testimonies of people that were watching Netflix and, you know, we're, we're told, you know, you know, that God put it on their heart. Hey, you know, and use the middle of Netflix to inspire them. Most of the time I hear that God uses, you know, when they step out to do something. And so I would just encourage them, whether that's, you know, just something really small and you might not even feel like it's that big, just step into it. You have no idea how God's going to use that in your life and in other people's lives. Amen. We've been talking to Tim Tebow, the author of the brand new book, Mission Possible, Go Create a Life That Counts. I encourage you to get a copy of this book. It will encourage you. It will inspire you. Well, Tim, thanks so much for being our guest. And I want to extend an invitation to come to uh, First Baptist Texarkana. We would have a huge uh, citywide impact if you would come. So keep that in mind, and we would love to have you come. Well, thank you so much. That is so sweet and kind of you, and hopefully we can we can do it one day. All right. God bless you, my brother. We're going to take God a quick you. break. Don't go away, and we'll be taking your calls when we come back. When you hear this... This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow 
political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at AFA.net. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. I know we're all praying for Ukraine, and Eastern Europe is a part of the world where Bible League has a very strong presence. In nearby Albania, Pastor Ephraim is preaching away one Sunday. There's a ruckus at the door. Who is it? 20 militant Muslims. They storm the pulpit, drag this man down the aisle. His family, many in the church who are new converts, are just horrified. They take this man to the front lawn where they beat him nearly to death. You know what his crime is? Very simply, that he has been patiently and winsomely sharing Christ with Muslims and atheists and they are coming to place their faith in Jesus Christ. But the leaders in those uh, movements are not happy. You know, when I ask him, how can we pray for you, brother? He did not say, pray for an end to our suffering. He says, pray that we'll see those around us as the mission field and more will come to Christ. $5 sends a Bible, $100 sends 20 to Eastern Europe today. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD. 800 yes word or give it sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. Here are Tim and Riley Wildman for the AFA Foundation. Riley, what is your title? The director of AFA Foundation. One of the best ways you can have income for the rest of your life and know that uh, you will be supporting the ministry of American Family Association is to... To give a gift to American Family Association and American Family Radio. Do you also deal with people who want to leave AFA in their wills? Yes, sir. That's exactly why they call. And that's why we also have another option besides a charitable gift annuity. People sometimes also call and do an outright gift or also leave us in their will. Now, when anyone calls in and asks to talk to you, ladies, will all of them talk in a Southern accent like you do? Yes, they will. Call Riley Wildman at the AFA Foundation, 800-326-4543, extension 345, or visit afafoundation.net. Welcome back to Real Truth for today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We've been talking to the one and only Tim Tebow, and what a great conversation we had. We're talking, we were talking about his new book, Mission Possible, Go Create a Life That Counts. And uh, this book is so encouraging. You read it and you just think, man, God can do something in my life. And so we'd love to talk to you about that. The number is 1-888-589-8840, 1-888-589-8840. And the phone lines are open. You know, one of the things in the book, Tim uh, is not with us anymore uh, on the broadcast. He had to go. But one of the things in the book, he talks about uh, do your work heartily as under the Lord and do it with a heart of gratitude. He says, there are many times as a professional athlete when I wasn't crazy about an outcome. Getting cut, for instance, it stung every time. And although I was crazy blessed outside of football, it was easy to feel bitter at not getting something I'd worked so hard for. 
And I've learned the importance of flipping my mentality and choosing gratitude every time. It's so easy to turn off the sweet melody of being grateful when we find ourselves in a funk or grumpy for what we may think is a pretty good reason. Uh, That just spoke to me because it's so easy to look at what we don't have and forget what we do have. I remember a time in my life where things were uh, difficult at the church, and uh, my main job was keeping the 50% of the people that didn't like me away from the 50% that weren't sure. And it, it was just hard. And and uh, a dear lady, my preaching professor, Wayne McDill and his wife, Sharon, they had come in uh, to visit me and they, he was going to do a teaching uh, thing on a Sunday night. And I was kind of whining and griping to uh, Wayne and Sharon. And Sharon just looked at me and she said, I know a lot of guys who would trade with you right now. You, you are just focusing on the negative and you're not seeing all the great things. You're not seeing all the positives. And so, uh, so there's a host of guys I know that would trade with you in a heartbeat. And that just really spoke to my heart. And God was like, why do you see that the glass is half, half empty when in reality, the glass is half full and I am getting ready to fill it to overflowing if you'll just trust me. So even a guy like Tim Tebow that we look up to that you know, we say, man, that guy's he's he's just built like a like a Mack truck. He's so big, so strong, so capable, so confident, so uh, accomplished. But he had times where where he would struggle with feeling down and discouraged. And yeah, it's no fun to get cut. It's no fun to listen to announcers on television uh, rip you up one side and down the other. Um, you know, sometimes they they talk about Tim like he's chopped liver. It's like, hey, that, that guy has won on every level. You don't win a Heisman Trophy and two national championships in college if you're chopped liver. And so uh, it can be difficult and things can sting. But here's the good news. God is in control and God has a plan. And when we put uh, our focus on the Lord and we learn to praise him no matter what's going on in life. We focus on all the blessings. It changes us and we become grateful and thankful. Well, we have Henry on the line from Texas. Henry, welcome to the broadcast today. Uh, I'm a fan uh, of your ministry. I just wanted to make a brief uh, um, comment. God is in control and God has a plan, and, and I think that that translates or reverberates when it comes to uh, some of our the social issues that are very much on, on you know, the political spectrum. Um, and in particular, I wanted to make a comment on how that relates to uh, the abortion issue because I have friends um, from uh, the state of California that attend churches, and they say, well, you know, the Scripture doesn't doesn't explicitly talk about abortion, and even when I explain the anachronistic requirement that that would be, I tell them, look, proof is in the pudding, and um, when Jesus came to our world, he came uh, in its most fragile form as a, you know, as a, as an embryo in, in Mary's womb, and so if if that doesn't speak louder than words, you know, the fact that he, he, he came to our world as a full-term baby, uh, or not as a full-term baby, but, you know, at the, from the moment of conception, 
it's telling us right there, I mean, along with other passages in Scripture, which, you know, I think speak clearly on the subject, uh, but uh, I think that his example, the living example of him coming to our world uh, from the moment of conception is a very powerful statement as to his position on, on, on life and where it begins. Amen. That's for sure. Uh, the Lord, he hates, he hates abortion because abortion is murder and life begins at conception. And John the Baptist leaped in his mother's womb at six months in the womb uh, when Jesus, who was in his mother's womb, when he entered uh, into the presence of, of John's mother, Elizabeth, uh, she said, the baby inside leaped in my womb for joy. And so, um, Life does begin at conception, and that's why we are to protect life. God hates murder. Uh, murder is the taking of a, of a life that we have no right to do. And so uh, I appreciate that call, Henry. I appreciate that word of encouragement. I talked to uh, Richard Land yesterday, Dr. Richard, Richard Land, and we were talking about uh, the issue of abortion when it comes to voting. And in my mind, you know, people try and and uh, downplay and dismiss uh, the idea of, well, you can't just be a one-issue voter. Well, you sure can when that one issue is killing millions and millions and millions of innocent, unborn babies. That is the, uh, the, the hole in the Titanic, the gash in the hole of the Titanic. It, it, it outshines any and every other issue because it affects so many lives. So I appreciate that call, Henry. I appreciate that word of encouragement. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. I would love to take your call as we've been talking about Mission Possible, Go Create a Life That Counts. One of the things that uh, Tim Tebow says in the book that I really like, he says this, you are one of one. You are one of one. Stop comparing yourself to other people because God has made you unique. And your gifts, your talents, your abilities, they're unique. And the Lord has given you what he wants you to have to serve him. And whether you have five talents, and some of you listening are very gifted, and God has given you a lot. To whom much is given shall much also be required. So whether you have five talents or two talents or just one talent, we, we put all in the master's hands and we serve him with what he has given us. I have said uh, from the pulpit many times, I think at the judgment seat of Christ for believers, one of the questions the Lord is going to ask us is, what did you do with what I gave you? How did you put that into service? Uh, how did you use that for my glory? And, and we so often, uh, you know, are just interested in me and mine, and we're interested in comfort. What can I do to make things more comfortable for myself? And we never stretch. We never grow. Uh, God forbid we're like the guy in the parable that takes his one talent and no doubt is, is uh, feeling uh, bitter because he didn't get five or he didn't get two. He just got one, one measly talent, so to speak, and he buries it in the ground. And when the master comes back and says, what did you do with what I gave you? He doesn't have anything to show for what the master gave him. He said, here's your talent back. I buried it in the ground. The master said, well, you should have put it in the bank and you would have, I would have at least gotten interest. You did nothing with what I gave you. 
And that is a terrible thing. Jesus calls that person a wicked, lazy slave. God forbid that we should do nothing with what he's given us. And here at the uh, judgment seat of Christ, you wicked, lazy slave. We don't ever want to hear that. We want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well, we have Gerard from Louisiana. Gerard, thanks you, thank you for calling in. Welcome to the program today. Yeah. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Good morning. Hey, man. Yes, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well. What's on your mind today? Hey, man. Just wanted to thank you and um, Tim Tebow. I was about to call the pastor Tim Tebow for sharing <laughs> the words of encouragement and also talking about his new book. And I would, I think I'm going to try to get that new book. And uh, like I say, may God continue to bless you and um, prosper the ministry he called you to. Well, thank you so much, Gerard. I appreciate that. And I would encourage you to get the book. It is, uh, it is inspirational. It is motivational. Uh, it makes you feel like you read it and you say, yes, yes, God can do something in my life. He's just looking not for a, a talented servant. He's looking for a willing servant. And I heard years and years ago when I was in college, a sermon from Adrian Rogers, he said this, the best ability is availability. When we just say to the Lord Jesus, be Jesus in me, use my life, you created me, you made me, you've given me however many talents you've given me, I want to use those for your glory. So Lord, help me to step out of the boat. As we said in in the uh, previous segment, hey, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. And we can say what we want about uh, Peter and his sinking spell. But he was the only one who trusted the Lord enough to say, Lord, if it's really you, bid me come to you on the water. The other guy stayed in the boat, but Peter walked on the water with Jesus. So thanks so much for calling, Gerard. We have Aaron from Texas. Aaron, welcome to the program. Good morning. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? Doing great. I was just calling. just want to chime in. and uh, I just want to say I've been very blessed the time that you— uh, since you've been on these mornings and particularly a few weeks ago, I think your wife was on and y'all were talking about marriage and man, it was such a blessing. And, and then this morning with, with Tim Tebow and, and how encouraging and, you know, with so much going on, we realize we live in a, in a fallen and broken world, but there is a message and the message is Jesus. And what a blessing it is to, to hear like-minded people like you and, and others to encourage us in that message. It's just such a blessing. And just want to thank you and just tell you to have a great day. And, and we've really been blessed these mornings that you've been on and just proclaiming the gospel and, and the truth. Of, I mean, some there's some light in, in the midst of such darkness, and, and we're so grateful for that. Just have a great day, and we'll talk to you later. Oh, thank you so much, Aaron. What an encouragement to my heart. I appreciate you calling in and appreciate your kind words. Well, uh, we do want to encourage one another. One of the things about Tim Tebow's book, it's very encouraging. And uh, we need in the Christian life, we need to be encouraged to know that, hey, it's not, it doesn't depend on your strength, your ability, uh, your ingenuity. It depends on God. The battle is the Lord's. And as we trust him, uh, we see him do great and mighty things. Now, God has us operate uh, on the basis of faith. Uh, we have not 
because we ask not and we don't see God move so often because we're not looking to him. We're not trusting him. We're not believing him for big things. And the Lord says, hey, if you'll believe me and if you'll take a step of faith, step out on my word, you'll see me do great things. If you get out of the boat, what do you find? You find that you can walk on the water with Jesus. And if you take your eyes off him and if you have a sinking spell, he's there to pick you up just like he did Peter and say, oh, if you, you have little faith, why did you doubt? Let's keep walking together. Well, I wanted to uh, just encourage all our listeners today with this. Um, you know, as an older person, it's easy to get the idea that my life is is kind of over. My best days are past. And, uh, you know, I don't think God can use me. You know, I'm, my body is not what it used to be. Maybe my mind is not as sharp as it used to be. Let me just encourage you, if you find yourself in that situation, God is not done with you. As long as you have breath in your lungs, the Lord has a plan and a purpose for your life. And one of the greatest things that you can do is to pray and to pray and encourage other believers to pray for the lost who need to come to Christ, to involve yourself in their lives. You know, the, the ministry of encouragement is such a powerful ministry. Encourage one another, Hebrews 3.13 says, encourage one another day after day as long as it is still called today, lest any of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Uh, the callers that called in, Henry and Gerard and Aaron, they have encouraged me today. And so God wants to use your life to encourage someone else. And as you get older, as a, a grandmother, grandfather, or great-grandmother, great-grandfather, you can encourage your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, that they would know that, hey, I am praying for you. God has something special for you. Look to the Lord. Don't look at your problems. Don't compare yourself to other people. You are one of one. You are a God original, and God wants to do great and mighty things through you if you will just trust him. We've been having a great morning today talking about Mission Possible. Go create a life that counts. Let me encourage you to get the copy of that book and read it and uh, share it with somebody else. Remember, this day, shine for Christ. Share what great things the Lord has done for you and trust Him for great things. I'll be with you again tomorrow as we talk to Dr. Don Bartlett, who has a great testimony of God's amazing grace. God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio. Or American